0: Charles Louis Mortgage Advisors, 0161 959 0166. Well, hello and welcome to another Forever Blue podcast uh, brought to you in association with CharlesLouis.co.uk, Chartered Mortgage Advisors and so much more. If you want to get their advice on anything to do with buying or selling a house commercially or privately... Awesome mortgage advice. Give them a call. You heard the number and you can go and have a look on their website, CharlesLewis.co.uk. I'm Ian Cheeseman and I've been a City fan basically all my life. And two of the the fans that we have on today on the podcast are two uh, fans not dissimilar to me. Um, I can certainly remember both of them um, being um, passengers on the football specials back in the day uh, when I was serving the pies and, uh, and and sausage rolls and stuff in the cage, which was the, the old post wagon on the football trains. And people used to queue up and and I'd throw pies, no, I didn't throw pies at them, but I'd sell them pies and tin cans and all the rest of it. I remember coming back, this is just a quick story, coming back from Brighton one time when it had been raining, and everybody was soaked through. And as we came back, the train was packed there were about 500 people on the train and uh, there were items of clothing that had been taken off everybody because they were soaking wet hanging over the steam pipes and all the different bits of places but anywhere you could put your stuff to dry out and I, I just remember <laughs> I wrote this in a book called best job in the world that I did but it's 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 always tickled me that as we came through crew station on the way back often we went through the middle platform so we weren't actually on a platform and the trend just sort of went through very slowly and i always imagine what people stood on those platforms would think when they looked at our train and saw a lot of people who looked like they were naked you know because they might just have a pair of underpants on walking around on this train what must they have thought what were what were we we were a lot of wet football fans coming back from brighton that's what we were and if i'm not mistaken we got beat 4-0 in that game as well so it wasn't the happiest occasion but uh, but anyway steve who's with us and mark is with us uh, two of those fans who were uh, they well have been on that train, but certainly were uh, regulars and have been going home and away all their lives. Now, I want to emphasise right at the beginning of this that the, this is not about points scoring. This is not about one fan's better than another. No such thing exists. I mean, I met a lady at the, the Norwich game yesterday, first match she'd ever been to. She's as much a part of the City family uh, as Mark and Steve and indeed Amy, our other guests, are. So this is not about that. But what I wanted to do in this podcast is just do something slightly different rather than talk about the minutiae of the Norwich game or the upcoming Lisbon game and if my guests want to mention that that's fine but I wanted to talk about the way that our club and our fans and not just City but football generally how fandom has changed you know how we all change now that can be good that can be bad that can that has a danger of sounding like you know old man stuff of ah, it's not like it used to be in my day and, and we have to admit that, that things change and I've just been writing a newspaper column where where I said when I was a kid we used to make bogies. now you won't even know what that is if you're a younger fan but it's basically a go-kart that was made out of the wheels off the bottom of old prams and bits of wood and then you'd shove them down a big hill and, and race them, you know, and, and these days you just wouldn't get away with that, would you? Football fans used to take rattles, you know, you might not even know what a rattle is, sort of like an L-shaped bit of wood and you twisted it round and it made a clicking noise. Um, obviously there was a period when, when we took uh, inflatables, bananas, and by the way, Imre Verardi was supposed to be on the podcast tonight, he's, he can't do it tonight, he's going to do it next week, but Imre became Imre Banana as a result of, of all that. So football fans have have progressed in that sense. There was a period in the 70s when it was, as I'm sure Steve and will back me up on, where it was quite dangerous to be a football fan. You had to hide your colours and uh, you keep a bit of a low profile and all that sort of stuff. Then in more recent years, it's been much more family-friendly, maybe as a result of all-seater stadiums and prices going up. There's been all sorts of things that have changed that. But just recently, I've noticed, um, certainly in the away end at City, that, that some of the chants—I'm not approved by any means—but some of the chanting has not been quite what I want to hear. The sort of introduction again of the of Munich in in chants, which is something I'm not not too ch- uh, pleased about. There seems to be a lot more young fans who are under the influence in the away end, who um, you know uh, are not behaving perhaps as the, as they should be. So those are the downsides. But of course, there's an also an awful lot of loyalty, and you know I get to meet people who travel a lot from all over the world. There's some Belgian fans for example, at the game against Norwich, who are season ticket holders who come over regularly. So there's so many pluses and minuses. Now, that's quite a longer introduction than I normally do. But it's just to set the scene of, of, you know, what we can talk about and what directions we might go in. I don't even know what direction this is going to go in. And if it ends up being one thing or another thing, it certainly hasn't been planned that way. Because at the moment, I've got a blank piece of paper. So... I'm going to ask all three of you one by one to just tell me from your personal experiences particularly Steve and Mark who've been long time home and away fans but also to Amy who's just as valuable a fan as anybody who perhaps doesn't go to as many away games and is a little bit younger than us um just just give us your experiences and your thoughts on how football and city have changed as a as an entity as a fan from purely from a fan perspective so Steve is a is a new podcaster with us. I've known Steve a long, long time. Um, and um, and I've, he's even been on my vlog and whatnot. So even though he's new to the podcast, I know him very, very well. Steve, let's kick off with you. You put your dip toe in the water. How, how has fandom changed? And is it for the better or the worse?
1: Well, uh, like you said, you know, without sounding like an old man, there are things that, for me, it's like at the game... At home game, especially, is when they announce the team and the guys are down the side of the East End and they say number 31 Edison, and then someone's waving a flag, and then number two Carl Walker, and and blah, that. That for that me, sometimes, uh, you know, I said to my sons, Oh, just get on with it, you know, just read the team out, get the game kicked off. We're, we're there to watch the game. There's a bit of a. We're, was it Brentford the other night when we had like a light show before the game and they did vice versa, didn't they? At the away game in December. I mean, it's, I don't know. Is it a good thing for You're me? You're talking about the
0: Americanisation, I suppose. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously, well, it's a good one to use that because we've got the Super Bowl tonight, haven't tonight, where they do the big time show and everything like that. But I, it, it must be a good occasion. It, I'm not an American football watcher, but it must be a good occasion when you can park up and it's all like parties in the boot of your car type thing with other fans and what have you. Which is our football isn't like that, is it? It's it, for me a, a typical home game for me is, is that I tend to drive my sons down and a, a friend of theirs joins us. We park up, we watch the game, and we come home, you know. So we don't really make a day out of home games. But saying that if we go to an away game, the good thing about this day and age, and I'm sure Mark and yourself will agree, is that it's a lot safer. My sons are 25. I've been taking them to away games since they were four. And when they got to a certain age of, say, 15 onwards, but went to the League Cup semi-final in 2012 for the two-all at Anfield. And I, I said to them that 30 years ago, you would not have been able to walk down this road like we are doing now. You know, and you have to explain to them and the danger side of that. You know, so football this in this day and age now is great for that. You can take your children, and children from a, a, a younger age. So I think you still got to have your wits about you and you've got to show a bit of common sense and respect to the places where you go.
2: Absolutely.
1: You know, like I went going to West Ham, I think, probably about 2001, and we were in a pub on Barking Road and it was all fine and what have you, everybody, the pub was mixed. And then there was a a younger group of City fans singing You Can Stick Your Bubbles Up Your Backside, but not in them words. And I I, I said to one, I said, you just need to learn a little bit of respect here, lads. I said, because a long time ago, you couldn't even walk past the pub and I said, so yes, you can have a bit of a joke with them, but, you know, don't don't insult in too, too spectacular way, you know, have a little bit of a joke with them. And I, I think that's a nice thing as well is that you can go in a pub now and away a game and talk to the home fans, you know, and how's your team doing and, you know, your players and what have you. And I think us, as we've gone, haven't we, from being everybody's second favourite team, we are no longer that team. we we're, we're quite disliked now, because and that is success, you know. And um, but I, I'll take that because I like to watch my team win. You know, we've we've seen enough rubbish in our days, so I will take that. But yes, people don't feel the same way about us. But I think if you are going to an away game, away pub, treat them people like you want to be treated. You know, and that's. Just on the sake of away games, that's how I'd I'd like to behave.
0: I'm sure you must have lots to say on this subject, Mark, with uh, your history of watching City and you know, your strong connection to fans. I mean, where would you like to start?
2: Suppose um, I I think that it's always changed. I imagine uh, I probably st- I started watching City all the time. I was a fan from very young, but going to a lot of games in about 1979, 1980, home games, and then started to go to away games. So a long time ago. But, but, you know, before I was going a lot, we had the great team with Bell, Lee, Summerby, Young. And before that, we were terrible. So, you know, we were terrible and got relegated. Then Mercer came, we got promoted. So the teams ebbed and flowed. There's this, you know, there is a, a cycle with these things, especially the decent-sized club like City, and we had a long time in the what you might call the doldrums. When I when I I was very lucky, started going and we went crap. So um, you know, so we had a long time in the doldrums, and then we've come back again. But during that time, football's changed a lot, and Steve's just alluded to that because it was it was you had to have your wits about you when we were younger and you were going to games in the seventies and eighties. Uh, and it's miles better going to away games now. I really enjoy the day out, like Steve's saying. I love talking to other supporters. We're we're city fans, proper football fans. I've watched football today. I don't just watch city. I love going watching city home and away. But I like to see how other teams are doing. Keep an eye on uh, other teams and other leagues that I'm interested in from time to time. And when you go to an away game and you're talking to the opposition home fans, there's nothing better than swapping stories about when you went to somewhere or asking about one of their plays that you really like fans do that all the time good fans do that all the time so i really enjoy going to away games now and it's a much better experience in terms of home games i think it's a classic case of too much money city <laughs> we've got too much money we can spend it on all these laser shows and djs we've never heard of and and, um, and the firework displays that we have they're like um, edinburgh on Lily hogman a night aren't they you know we've got it's, it's a real case of loads of money spent on that kind of thing. Actually, although we I might go for the for the football, you know, like going to cities, like the most regular thing I do. So when Steve says they go to the game, watch the game, enjoy seeing the people come home, it's because it's not a once-in-a-year a experience. It's a regular thing. It's like going to work or going to see a mate of yours that you see regular. So we don't need all that razzmatazz. But other people, I quite like it, but I know other people do like it. So it doesn't ruin it for me that that happens. I'm a bit like Steve, it, it's not necessary to get me to go. I'll be going to the day or die anyway. But if it, you know, if other people who go with some kids or younger people or even just people who go into the match for the first or second time, if that makes it more memorable and they want to come back, I'm all for that. We've grown the fan base in the last few years and that's bound to happen with the... Fantastic football we play, Pep be the manager, winning stuff. Um, and I'm all for it, onwards and upwards. We, we the, the Other clubs stood still 10, 15 years ago when we moved into our new stadium. And it was the best thing we ever did. The Commonwealth Games come in, us moving into the stadium. That platform meant that an investor came and invested in us and look at us now
0: absolutely well amy you you might have a different perspective because uh, you're like a little girl compared to us old men aren't you i mean what what's your uh, your thoughts on on city fandom how it's changing or changed in a time even you've been going
3: um i i've been to a, f- a few away games um newcastle's always been a favorite but i enjoy i enjoy newcastle as a place anyway um, but I've always found it a very friendly place to go, um, and go into the even though you're stuck in the gods in Newcastle in in Saint uh, uh, James's, it's uh, it is always a good a good place. But I do remember going to watch City versus Burnley um, at Bur- at Burnley, and I think you you went into like a bar, and like Burnley fans were on one side, and City fans were on the other side. And um, basically, these young lads decided to have a great big massive fight. City fans against each other, you know, like you do. And um, drinks flew everywhere. And as you can imagine, we all got kicked out, even though it weren't the majority, it was only a small part. And I just thought, that's just disgusting. You know, you've come to somebody else's ground and you've destroyed their, their, you know, there was a lot of damage to the ceiling. And I just thought you've you know you've you've made a mess in somebody else's like in somebody else's ground sort of thing and uh, yeah that was quite a bad away game, um, but I've noticed also a few of our fans that sit near the away fans because I where I sit I can see the away fans and um, on the last two matches there's been fights, um, the you know and like the police takes the police about 15 years to decide to turn up as well. And you've got all the security trying to hold these, you know, big massive blokes back. Um, and everyone finds it funny and everything like that. But then you've ruined you've ruined your season ticket. You get kicked out, you're banned for life. So I just don't see the point of it. But um as I said when I were little and I was growing up in the 90s and, you know, you you got picked on for being a city fan, but I didn't care because that's that was my team, and I just you know I've I've said it before I've I got picked on for liking take that, and I got picked on for liking city. So and to be honest, I still like take that, and I still like city. So I don't really care.
0: Nothing wrong with that. I mean, as far as the two um, male fans that I've got, as well as uh, the female, of course, your Amy, um, you seem to be both quite positive, really, in the in the direction of travel, if you like, of, of football fans, you know, that that things are getting safer and and better. So there's no negatives at the moment that you see at all, are there not?
1: Well, I, I, I don't think so. But the if you look at recent incidents that are happening in other games where people are running on the pitch, like the Forest Leicester game, where the guy runs on the pitch, attacks the Forest players... There's just a little something that's creeping in now where people think that's it's nice. great. They can, walk, they can run on the pitch for any sort of like, don't get me wrong, it's when Sergio scored in 2012, final whistle went, my two lads are 15. They ran on the pitch. He said, are you coming, dad? I said, no. Nah. I said, I've not got the energy to get down there. And I, I want to sit here. It was like that much of a shock that we'd scored them two goals. I just wanted to take it all in. And it was brilliant that they could do that. And I think they possibly did uh, for the West Ham game. But then after that, we've our fans have never done that again now because it's, thankfully, a more regular thing that we do with the league. But this little, this thing that where people keep running on the pitch now, it's like, it's even annoying me to see this happening. And I'm thinking, just keep the pitch to the players Certainly when the goal scored, enjoy it. And then let's, you know, let's not spoil what it is. I mean, if I can just tell you a story, we were in Porto for the final. On the Friday night, we had a really good night. There must have been about 30 or 40 of us on the opposite side of the bridge, on the quieter side. But we were, we were mixed. There was us and Chelsea fans that we knew. So we, we had a great night. An absolutely fantastic night. And my lad's... Their, their friends were over on the noisier side of the bridge, what I'd call, and they said, you know, are we all right going over there? And I said, yeah, of course you are. I said, all you've got to do is just watch the police. I said, if the police start coming a little bit nearer, you know that something's going to go like that. So and, that, and it's just common sense, you know, and they came back about two hours later with a couple of mates and they'd had a good time. It's the young, you, you want to sing and all this and enjoy their night, but they said like as soon as we walked over, we went for a drink. Two, two fans, one Chelsea, one City, just started fighting with each other, and then City fans were arguing with each other. And I thought, you know, it's the Champions League final, our first ever one. You know, like so, I was relieved that they came back over, but they came back over to a mixed group of us. You know, City and Chelsea all sat together. You know, and that's that's how it should be.
2: Yeah, I must admit, I thought it could have been pandemonium in Porto. Where, you know, it wouldn't have taken much for it to totally go off, but it didn't. There you're right, there were isolated incidents, and I think you know, and you know, if you, when we were young, there was I saw loads of trouble. I know people who got involved in it from time to time. You know, and I think it crept back into the game a little bit, exactly as Steve said, and exactly as Amy described, and that needs sorting out they reckon it might be a bit drug fueled and booze fueled um and if if we can do something to stop that but i still think it's very very isolated it's not the grim stuff that we used to have to put no. up with in 78 where you literally like you say mate you couldn't go down a certain street to anfield you had to be so careful so i'm glad we're not going back to that i think i think where where things are changing at city is um You've got this like hardcore of people who just wouldn't let the club die. So in the in the nineties, the, the club could have sunk without trace when we did, went to the third division and nearly didn't get out of it. Don't forget. And I think there's a hardcore of people who just thought, no, you're not getting rid of us. We're going to carry on going. It doesn't matter if we lose at home to Berry. Doesn't matter if Stockport consider us a lucky team. They beat us that often. We're going to carry on watching this football team. And although over time we're bound to, you know, literally die out, they're literally that fan. That fan base still goes, and I think nearly everybody I knew who was going then is still going, at least to, to some degree. So we have got this hardcore, but we're we're obviously getting smaller, partly as we get older and stop going because people are no longer with us, and partly because we've actually grown the fan base. You know, more people come. watch. somebody can correct me here, but. We're getting the biggest regular big crowds I've ever known. We never used to get 50,000 at Main Road, hardly ever, even when it held 50-odd thousand, you know. Big nights will be 35 to 40 uh, even then. So we're getting the biggest crowds we've ever got on a regular basis, and therefore the fan base is getting bigger. And actually, there's a load of young fans who are starting to want to be City fans. That experience that Amy's talking about, where, you know, in the 90s you'd be teased if you're a City fan, because you'd probably be the only one out of loads of old all supporting the Reds. That's turning. It's not a complete turnaround, but it's turning. And I now, um, like there's um, my um, one of my best mates, I, I've i got his nephews, a mad football fan, to be a City fan. So I make sure he comes to some games now. I'll go out my way to make sure. So like a lot of people, I made sure he came to the FA Cup game against Fulham the other day. Uh, he's got a Champions League ticket for Porto. He's absolutely beside himself with joy. But if they put some kind of laser show on five minutes before the game for that, I don't think he'll ever forget it as long as they live. So, you know, there's an element of, you know, I want this club to thrive. I've always wanted this club to thrive. It's thriving. And I almost feel like us oldsters, we've done our job. We kept it going long enough for it to be the brilliant thing it is now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: One of of the things I've noticed is that when we played Paris Saint-Germain in the Champions League, um, you know, and, even some of the cup ties that you've mentioned like Fulham, where there have been opportunities for, for people to buy tickets who might not ordinarily be able to get one. they've taken advantage of that. I'm sure the club are delighted because they're all potentially new fans. but because I do the match day vlog that I do and I walk around and talk to people and I can sense and I can hear from people um, you know that it's their first trip that they've never been there before, they maybe not, not even really a city fan but they want to experience it. That's what the club are wanting, but is that, is that something that the older fans resent?
2: Can I just, let me just jump in here, because I can give you a bit of insider information on this. Basically, the club decided last year it wanted to grow what they called match day memberships. So that's people who can't be a season ticket holder, either because they can't afford it, because that happens, or they live further afield, can only come up with a few games. And they, people who pay that 30 quid to be a match day member It gives them a priority on the tickets and some of the tickets. What they've actually done, and this has caused some trouble, actually, what they've actually done is keep it so that those fans um, get priority on tickets after people like us who are season ticket holders. So when I've had a few season ticket holders complain they can't get any additional tickets because they're saving them for these match day. So the match day um, group has grown, it's doubled in size. So it used to be, I'll get the figures wrong, but let's say it used to be 12,000 Matchday members. It's now gone up to 24. So people are paying this 30 quid and then coming to some games and they're actually getting more people coming through that route. So you're dead right, Ian. But it's active, the, the club have actually pursued that for this season to try and grow that part of the fan base because it's, it's stayed the same for nearly
0: 10 years. Amy, I do, you sense, do you sense that there are... Oh, I'm sorry, Steve, but Amy... Are there, do you sense that the the younger fans? I keep calling you a longer, younger fan. I mean, obviously you're not. You know, you're you're a grown woman. You're not a, a kid or anything. But um, do you sense that the younger fans are um, more feel more entitled? Now we're talking about people. That, you know, going to the game. And I mean, I got I can't deny I go to games at the moment expecting City to win. You know, I went along to the Brentford game. I called the vlog that I did. You know, routine you know, it was all about routine. It felt like it was going to be a routine win, but I twisted that to make it more about people's routines as well. But it, it, the idea came from me just thinking about how it would be another routine win. And you could almost say the same about going to Norwich, you know, in, in the last game. There'll be some games coming up that won't be like that, but so many of them are like that. But I don't I don't go there with a sense of entitlement. I don't expect you know, City have to win. it's They have an entitlement to win. But I do sense that... Some of the younger fans are like that. Do you do you see that?
3: Yeah, I mean, Champions League games are a funny one. I mean, sometimes we get moved from our seats, but m- like the last few seasons, I haven't been moved. But um, obviously, those who who normally have season cards but don't and on the cup scheme, the t- the tickets are obviously sold to other people, and um, you'll get everyone from you know Tom, Dick, and Harry come and sit near you. Um, and I've noticed a lot of like foreign fans have been coming to matches and it's funny watching them trying to like decipher the chairs and the the numbers (laughs) on the chairs and the stairs. And it's quite, and I've had to help a few. I have, I have been nice and I have helped them and stuff like that. But a lot of these younger fans don't seem to know who the players are. It's like, oh, well, these tickets will, will just go and we'll just go. And, I had some behind me a few months back and I, sw- I'd, and I turned around and I went, why have you come? What have you come for? Like, really? Like, you literally have asked about 50 questions on something that you sh- if you were a fan, you'd know. And I got really angry about it. And I thought, you've stopped someone who probably was a genuine City fan from coming watching this Champions League match. It's like, you've just come for it. A- oh, it's all right, we'll just come for a day out. Like... They just didn't seem to have a clue. And as I said, I think I've said it on a previous one about how, obviously, it's my dad that was that told me about City and got me being a City fan. And you expect, you know, other people's families to do... You know, I know some people's granddads or the grandmas got them involved and stuff. And you wonder now whether younger fans aren't like that because either their mums and dads don't go or they don't support a team or they've, they've decided to support City because they're winning or they supported United because they won years and years ago, you know, and you just like... I feel like nowadays it's not about family orientation anymore. It's more about they they choose to watch City because they're winning.
0: Or it becomes a day trip. I mean, a bit like... You know, I'm not, I'm not an opera buff at all, right? And, uh, you know, but let, let's say some famous opera singer was coming to Manchester and somebody said to me, do you want to go and see this singer, the famous, most famous singer? I mean, oh, he's not here anymore, but let's say Pavarotti was coming to, to Manchester and he say, wow, he's the best opera singer. Do you like opera? And I'd go, well, no, I'm not really bothered about opera yet, but you could see Pavarotti, you can actually yeah. see him, you know, singing in Manchester. And you go, oh, go on, then I'll come along with you. And then some, if I'm drawing the parallel to what you've just said, Amy, it's a bit like somebody who is a massive um, Pavarotti fan sort of saying, well, I can't get a ticket. Have you yeah. got a ticket? Yeah. And, and and it's funny because I was only talking to somebody yesterday about how, how we used to uh, get match tickets so in the days when um, you know I I first was a season ticket holder and we played a Manchester derby for example I'd be down at main road you know watching the milkman go around at five o'clock in the morning on a Sunday queuing for for, until 10 o'clock when the windows eventually went up and desperate to get hold of my ticket and And, and I thought, well, I've earned it. I've showed yeah. how committed I am. And yet these others who just click on a button, oh, I've got one, I'm going.
3: You know, well, I'm not it's really the, bothered. It was the same as, like, years and years ago. I mean, everything's done online now, but years and years ago, you used to camp outside the arena for your concert tickets. But you take because, that but, ticket. Today, you, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I trend friends in high places. Um, <laughs> so, like you literally camped outside for your ticket to, to be first in the queue. Now there's all these tickets out. So you don't, you know, you can, they go online at like stupid amount of money to, and people will, people will pay because they're like, well, I need to be in that arena. I need to go and see you. Like it's like, I've got tickets to see Ed Sheeran at the Etihad. I've had to go on a Sunday because I couldn't get tickets for any other day but I needed to go and see Ed Sheeran. So I met, I thought, I don't care what day it is I'm going <laughs> and I get to be on the pitch at the, the end. The
0: difference in this day, are you going because you're an Ed Sheeran fan or yes. are you going because he's famous and you want to say you were there?
3: No, I like Ed Sheeran. I wanted to go and see him last time and didn't get tickets because people go who don't like Ed Sheeran. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Point proven um early enough my wife my wife and son are going to watch Ed Sheeran we couldn't get tickets for the Etihad so we're actually going to Sunderland's Stadium of Light now I'm not an Ed Sheeran fan so I haven't bought a ticket because I think I could be doing somebody (laughs) out of a ticket who is actually a fan so at least I'm good to my word aren't I I'm good to my word go on Steve I know you've been bursting to get in
1: no, I just, I, I just think uh, whether Mark agrees as well is that the Champions League is a funny competition for us as City fans. I, I think it's one of them where it's took us a long time to get used to this competition. You know, if you said to me at the start of the season, "What's your priority? Win the Premier League." Now, I like the League Cup, so I, I have that eye up. But obviously, as you know, I've got family history with the League Cup, and then obviously City have won it so many times. I love the League Cup and then the FA Cup, and for some bizarre reason, the Champions League is, is low on my priorities, but I do like seeing the other teams, but I think as a support, we, we're we a working-class support. You know, we're not a wealthy support, and I think the, the reason why these people are coming to Champions League home games is because tickets are available because our support can't necessarily afford to go to every Champions League home game. So they don't join the cup scheme. And they look at the, the three this year, Leipzig, Bruges and um, Paris Saint-Germain. We were, what we were priced for £20 in our seats were £20 Leipzig, £20 Bruges, but then 50 for PSG. So all of a sudden people are saying, well, why is PSG so dear? Well, it's obvious because it's the glamour tie of the, of the three. But if you'd have said before the, the group started... We've got these three teams. We'll do all three for 30 quid. Everybody said, "Oh, what a good deal that is 90 quid to watch three Champions League home games. But what the club did then they did 20, 20, 50. Yeah, So everybody said, "I'm not going to PSG now. it's too dear. <laughs> you know like, but I, And I just said to a few of my mates I said, look, it's just 90 pounds for three. Yeah. You know, like I think it, if, if they'd have done it that way, everybody would have thought, "Well, wow, 30 quid for three Champions League games is great. And I think the Champions League is, we do get a lot of foreign supporters in there. And it it would be like one of us four going to Barcelona for a few days holiday. And Barcelona were at home to Leipzig or Bruges or whatever. As a football fan, you'd say, I'm going to go and watch Barcelona. But now people are coming to Manchester City and doing that. who would never have done it. They don't want to watch us play Walsall in in League Two or whatever, when we used to do And I think that's something that we've got to get used to, that people do come and they want to watch the city, even if it's a one-off. You know, for me, if I, like I say, if I went to Barcelona, I would go to watch them. You know, even Espanyol in the same city. I'm a football fan. I'd like to watch one of them, you know, play. People are coming to our club and doing it now. So it feels a little bit strange. And And I think the Champions League is a funny competition because it's took us what? super but what we now 12 10 12 years in it consistently getting through to the last 16 quarterfinals and I think it's it's still an hard one for us as a as a support not you know like I I do the cups game I, I'll go you know I'm sure we all do but I understand people not doing it.
2: right if you don't mind me saying that you're right dead right both of you about the champions league being a funny competition because it's a funny competition for lots of reasons so the fact that they don't they never wanted us in it makes us not like UEFA not love the competition they've they tried everything to make sure that we couldn't be in it so that you know we know we're not welcome there even now even now it's calmed down we know we're not welcome there so if you say to a Mancunian You're not welcome here. We'll go sling it up. We're not bothered about you. You know, we fight back, don't we? We, You know, we don't take that kind of stuff. So that's why you've had booing at UEFA and City fans never loving the competition. However, the other side that's a bit weird is... You get it's it, the tickets are given out very differently for Champions League games. It's not like a Premier League game in the slightest where we control most of the tickets. You have all sorts of things like the UEFA family. You get packages going to sponsors. So MasterCard will probably have a 1,000 tickets for a, for a game ours. And they could end up in the hands of anybody. So they could end up in the hands of staff who pass them on to other people they know. So we all end up with that experience of people with tickets at City looking around because they don't know where entrance W is, you know, like Amy described, and you just don't get that on match day because it's the same sad old faces going to all their own games. Um, you know, there's, we've got 36,000 season ticket holders. You know, most of them know where they're going for every game. So Champions League night is very, very different and not always in a good way for the reasons I've said. You know, the tickets are given out differently, loads of them. Are not four-hour fans; they're for everybody else, basically. And I think they're the people that we see, and, and they even have like travel packages, don't they, from other parts of Europe to go and see the Champions League. And they don't—I think half of them are not bothered which Champions League match. You know, they'll go on some kind of three-day holiday and come and see a Champions League, and it could be us. And then the last thing. Steve is 100% right, and it's quite funny that he said that about the tickets for this year's Champions League. I had exactly that complaint come to me about ticket prices um, because with my role on City Matters, anybody comes to me with an issue, I always take it to the club. I don't care. Even if if somebody complains about something, I go straight to the club to tell them. I think they should listen to the fans. And that was a big complaint. How come it was 20 quid for Leipzig and it went up so much for uh, PSG? So I've actually asked them if they'll do packages from now on. Exactly, Steve's idea. I'm glad he said it. And don't do it as single. Pri- you can do it as single prices, and it should be more expensive than the package. So you, you know, but you should do for a lot of the fans a package when we know who the teams are. So people who buy a, a Leipzig are guaranteed to get what get one for PSG, and they don't have to be a season card holder. I was hoping. So I'm pretty sure they listened to me on that. And it was you know we had a bit of a chat about it on. Amongst some supporters I know. So I'm, I'm confident next year I can get them to do packages. So that what might be the glamour tie against like, you know, um, pot one or pot two will just be like, it'll be dear for people who just want to go to that game. But for those of us who want to go to all three, it'll, it'll even the price out like Steve's suggested.
0: I'm sure the club has actually done that in the past I don't know why they reverted to that and the other thing it's very topical at the moment because City have drawn Peterborough in the FA Cup and Peterborough have raised their prices their fans revolted against it and said this isn't fair and they've been forced to, to hit back so it shows that you know, to reduce the prices, but it does show that fan power can do something. And you, you, you're seeing that better than anybody, Mark, aren't you? Because you're at the,
2: well, the sharp thing,
0: end of all that.
2: Yeah, well, the thing is, because because we're all enjoying it so much, yeah. the club are just like, it's you know, it's a pretty well-run operation. The grounds get gets better and better every time. You know, some of the bar and facilities that we probably never thought would be there and the football's phenomenal. We enjoy going. So the, it's quite hard to be be a complainer as a City fan, isn't it? You know, we haven't got a lot to complain about, you know, unlike them idiots down the road. They've got everything to complain about. We've got a well-run club, great players. We love going. And like Steve says, and Amy will be the same, we love seeing the team play well and win. Um, and it used to be two, two or three times a season. Now it's, you know, loads <laughs> of times. So we're not a lot to complain about. But I still think there's a role for... The, for the fans just being organized and being organized a bit beyond the official supporters club, and, and they do a great job in what they do, but they represent the supporters clubs that's what they're for. But in terms of you know, fans who go whether it's oldsters like us, or it's not oldsters like Amy, or it's whoever it might be listening to what the supports say, they often you know, things come out, themes come out, you know, like the pricing structure being wrong for a match. You know, if the pricing structure is wrong for the Champions League. We should tell the club, they should listen and hopefully they're not going to do what we want every time. But I've tried to be a conduit for the support on City Matters to tell the club what the supporters say saying. And they have made some changes this season. So it's not been a thankless task, thank God. I've done a lot of work on it and it's paid off. I want to carry on doing that. But we as supporters still need to be organised, even when things seem to be going well. That's what I take away from it.
0: Well done, Mark. Your hard work has been noticed. Um, all three of you have been fairly positive. And with my introduction that I did at the beginning, I mentioned things, for example, like not wanting to be approved, but some of the chants have been things I haven't necessarily approved of that seems to, the Pablo Zabaleta song, for example, now seems to include an element of Munich in it. And and I thought we'd eradicated the Munich stuff. Um, I I just wonder generally whether, uh, and I'm not seeking this, I'm just asking the question, are the, What are the negatives, the downsides? Because we've talked about a lot of positives, quite rightly, a lot of positives. But are there any negatives? that Any of the three of you've got? Amy, have you got any?
3: I think, think half of it with the Munich thing is I think people forget that one of ours was in that crash, and I think that's, and I think that's what's the problem is that you know our Frank was in that was in that crash, and you know like, I think obviously the younger end and obviously people who are just horrible in general, who like to just sing it for the sake of singing it, forget that one of ours was on that plane. And I think that's the issue is that, you know, they need to take a look at the the history book and they need to have a, have a long guard and give themselves a head wobble, basically. And, um, you know, these, despite who was on that plane, these were young lads at the height of their profession who never got a chance to... Progress in life, you know, it's not, it's not thingy. You know, it, it was a plane crash. It was an awful thing that happened, and it doesn't matter who was on the plane. It was a horrible, horrible thing, and I, I for one, do not like it being sung in the, in in Pablo Zabaleta's song. And I don't even think Pablo Zabaleta would like it either um but I think that is the main issue is you've got some idiots who just want to be horrible and you've just got some people who don't realize that one of ours was on that plane too
2: nope nobody could have put it better than Amy there that was brilliant and I I almost feel like uh, you should always it doesn't matter even if things are going well you should always do that kind of thing you know like always watch out for making sure that a disrespectful, you know, chants or whatever. Uh, a st- when I say stamped out, you don't actually need to come down hard. You need to explain like Amy did. You need to take the fans with you. Make sure that, you know, if there is somebody who says something that you shouldn't be saying, whether it's, you know, it sometimes be racist stuff you, you can hear from time to time. They need, the support needs to be able to say, oh, we don't do that kind of thing here. You know, let's support the team. Let's say, you know, if you want to hate United, hate United. You don't have to go down that route. You know we and, and some of the older ones can say to some of the younger ones, Look how good the team is. Do we need to do that? We're better than that now, aren't we? You know, you know, things have moved on a bit like um, Tottenham were having to do over their word. You know, it, I liked the, the, what Tottenham said about that. They almost said, It's time to move on. They don't have to have a go at the fans for doing it, they can just say, It's time to move on. And, and Amy put it so beautifully there about you know, it was young men who lost their lives and, you know, Frank Swift, you know, we lost Frank Swift in it. And I actually think doing that kind of proactive stuff is a good thing. I'd even have videos on the screen during the half time or before the game. Let's, let's. I'll even take this away, if you like, and send it to City Matters to do a little piece of work to inform the fans about, you know, we don't really want to be going down that route. We left that behind a few years ago. We don't want it creeping back in, that kind of bad behaviour. I think we should do that.
1: Can I just say something about Munich as well? Is that if, if you notice, I don't go to Old Trafford anymore. I haven't gone for a long time. I hate the place. And I just, I won't even give him any money. It's, it's one of them, I can't do what Ian does and goes to every game because I fell out with Old Trafford a long time ago. I wouldn't even grace it. I don't do Anfield. I've not done that since 2014. So, but, go, yeah, go on, going back to the, what was it though? In the in the home and the way derby matches, I sometimes think, you know, and, and and you see it, is the ones with the arms out doing the aeroplane first are actually United fans. I've seen that numerous times all in a way, where they've got their arms out because they then want it to start singing about it so they can say, Yeah, look, you know, look at this lot now and what have you. And then the biggest disappointment for them in 2008 was when everybody was silent for that minute silence. The media, the United fans, they all wanted someone to shout something. They really did. And nobody should be going on about it, but you do see gold from them about it first. And I'm not saying all of them, because it's on both sides. We've got idiots on both sides. You know what I mean? But some people don't need much encouragement that uh, day we
2: were better that day we were, were brilliant obviously impeccable we were brilliant that day and actually it said a lot about the fan base um on that day that you're talking about and we need to bring that back we need to if it's if it's creeping back in and i didn't know it out if i'm being honest but it's creeping back in we need to be better than that that's the whole yeah. thing rise above what, exactly what you're saying is, if people are goading some of the younger fans or older ones, into saying something stupid, we need to be better than them. We need to rise above. Don't take the bait. Be better than them. Win the league, leaving 30 points behind, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know we're better than United in every respect these days. Be better than them in this respect as well. Yeah, very much so. Have I've, got, I've so. got
0: a personal question now, which which will make me sound like a right old man here, no doubt about it, <laughs> right? Um, and and it affected me quite badly at Norwich. Um, I had real terrible hip pain, and it was killing me in my back. And I struggled to stand up for ninety minutes in the away end. And at every opportunity, I tried to lean on the seat and everything. And and it, and I was mentioning it to my wife today, you know. And and she said, "Why don't they have like at the away in the away end a, at least a little section of of fans that are uh, either." like me or maybe they've got some of them are small in stature height wise so they they would struggle to see other people who are stood up yeah amy's put her hand up and and saying that um or my mate charlie who i travel with who's in his you know 70s who again struggles to stand up for the game why can there not be an allocated section in the away section you know and if there's only 20 people want to sit down fine then allocate 20 seats if there's 500 that want to sit down, you know, and then all those who want to stand up, I got no problem with that either. But why, why can there not be that differential where a certain amount of them, you know, like certainly me yesterday at Norwich, are able to sit down at a game? You want to go, Amy? Did you want to
1: say when, something? Well,
3: say when, when. I, when I've been moved for like the cup games or whatever, obviously I'm I'm little. I I am little person. Uh, I'm only five foot three, um, without heels on. And um,
2: <laughs> don't say you wear heels to the football. No, <laughs> Good.
3: trainers, trainers, just trainers. Um, I do that. basically platform <laughs> trainers,
2: platform
0: trainers,
3: platform Um, with only being little, obviously I can't see over some of these, you know tall people's heads so Mm -hmm. I preferred my seat because I can see over everyone um the lads at the very back because there's no body behind them they can stand up but yeah I hate it in cup matches if I move because it's normally right down at the bottom still on the same same stand but like right down at the bottom and we're stuck right at the back that that's my issue I I have an issue with you know being sizably challenged that's what I'm going to say
0: It's all (laughs) in the life.
3: (laughs) Is this a subject
0: subject that could be brought up at City Matters Market? You know, well, could there could there there be a definition of a little one one little section of seating?
2: Well, if you're talking about for for the home game,
0: I find I mean in away games at home at, at, at home, you you know that if you're in a certain part of the ground they're going to stand up. You know if you're in a different part of the ground, yeah. they're probably going to sit down. So I'm I'm in a position in my ticket where everybody around me, all right, they'll jump up when something exciting happens. Yeah. But I know that predominantly they're going to sit down. But away, I have no choice.
2: Well, basically... Um... I don't want to put you in any categories, Ian, but you're getting older, so we'll do. <laughs> that's I, only why I said people I, would say. I, <laughs> yeah, as you know, as you know, I represent the disabled fans on City matters. I do it for all the support, but that's kind of why I'm on there. So I do that as well. So anything to come up with um, disabled supporters so wheelchair spaces and all that kind of thing, I get involved in that. There are, there is the possibility if you were to say that. My hips, we've had people with a broken leg, but just to give you something easy so we can all like get our heads around it. If there's a fan who breaks the leg and they still want to go to away games and they tell the club, they'll try and find them a seat that's more appropriate for them and you won't just be sent a ticket out because if you don't tell the club, they don't know. So they just send you a ticket and you end up where you end up. If you were to tell them that you've got some kind of, I'm going to call it this, I'm going to enjoy this here, an access need, whatever that might be, right? <laughs> The club are usually pretty good, if I'm being honest. Not all grounds provide something, so maybe at Carrow Road there wouldn't be. But I know that we have supporters who are not wheelchair users, who are, who are disabled people, sometimes older people, but disabled people who um, it's kind of it's often called an ambulant disabled uh, ticket, and the, the ticket's no different. But they'll try and find you a spot. And if Carrow Road has something like had something like that, they'd have put you in with those supporters. And honestly, if you are struggling to stand up at away games when you know the Palace, they'll all stand up at Palace probably. I would honestly phone the club in advance, tell them, and they'll they might be able to put you in a spot where you can see better. The club are, are good when individuals approach them. They're not they're not always good. At the the biggest stuff, you know, I don't think like you wouldn't know to do that particularly, would you? If I hadn't told you, so they're not no. great at promoting that kind of thing. But when you talk to them individually. Um, they are pretty good, and I, and if and for the next away game, you could do it as a little trial if you want. I'll put you in touch with a person who might be able to help you and see if it works. Well,
3: yeah, I, I don't want to make moved, it. They moved my dad foot because he could not get up the stairs anymore. Yeah. They kept in the we are still in the same stand, but he's as you come out of the thing, he's he does not have to go up the stairs anymore. So they moved him like before the season. Yeah. Um, but we're going back to someone with a broken leg, so. Um, when I first got my uh, season card, when we like in the new stand, my first game, I was on crutches <laughs> and I had like a boot on my foot and um, with heels, yes, with heels. <laughs> and um, basically, the steward helped me up the stairs, and my dad carried my crutches, so I made it up the stairs on crutches. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, first of all, I want to emphasise, by the way, I don't have a problem, basically, most of the time. It, 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 I, I, I didn't even know I was going to have that issue at Norwich. I mean, I literally went into the ground and 20 minutes had gone and I thought, God, this this is killing me. And I was really struggling throughout the rest of the game. The next game, it might be OK. So my, my, my question generally is, I don't know, I've never polled people, but let's say 2,000 City fans got to an away game. There might be you know, a hundred of those who would actually prefer to sit down anyway, just for the convenience of it, forget about the problem, having physical problems, could yeah. there not be a section that, that is dedicated to people being sat down together?
2: If you, if, you, if you were to try to bring that in, it's about who stands up in front of you, isn't it? So where does that, if you want it, if there's a hundred of you, where do you put them? You'd have okay. to put them somewhere with nobody in front of you. And that's why, uh, just be boring about these things wheelchair spaces always have like a big step down you know like they're not just sat on the back row you have to raise them up with a big step down so that when people stand up during the game and and it could be just at the key moment you know if we get if you get a penalty everyone stands up so it's not I don't. That people are, no but yeah i I'd, i i eyed my eyes i eyed if, if people stand up you, you'd have to find somewhere that that group could be where no one would stand up in front of them because it's the um, it's the domino effect in reverse almost isn't it people on the front row stand up and then everybody else behind them stands up because they can't see so i don't I, I, i'll look into it and find out if anything does happen with the way tickets for people who can't stand up there might be something but it won't be a hundred and we're, t- we're talking a handful
0: right oh fair enough um Anyway, uh, we'll, we'll bring this podcast to a conclusion by just again going around the, the three of you and saying, you know, uh, everything seems to have been relatively positive in this. Um, what is the future of, of fandom? Is it going to change? Are we going to become more Americanized, Steve? Um, are we going to be uh, having more, um, you know, fans who are coming just to one-off games is—is is that going to? Are there going to be less people who go to every game and more people who come to some games? Obviously, in a typical season, City play these days about thirty home games. As the prices go up, do people think? Well, I'm not, and because of the inconvenience of games all over the place, the less and less people want to commit to a season ticket and and go to every one of the 30 games and a bigger proportion think, well, I'll just go to one or two a season. Um, and are there any other ways that you think that that City and football might change for the better and worse? I mean, it might be something as simple as the game goes into quarters so they can have three lots of adverts during a t- TV no. game. That, that's not a popular one, I take it. No, <laughs> no. I, I've,
1: personally, I think the club do very well uh, yes, we, you know, we are a bit older, and like I say, you know, wave the flag when they shout Carl Walker's name out and what have you. That's just me being old and moaning like Victor Meldrew. But I think they do very well, and they make they, they make the day okay. What if you, when you go back to routine on your on your uh, vlog for the Brentford game, going to a home game is a routine. You know, you just go you want three points and you come home. And unfortunately, that that I don't think is going to change for a lot of people. We have to face it as fans as well, that people, more people want to come and watch Manchester City. Boy. So, and I think if we can look after our own fans in the fact that not everybody can afford a season ticket, so they get an opportunity to watch a Champions League game, an FA Cup game, then everything's fine I, I think, I, I love going to the match I love going to the home games I look forward to it I don't do anything special for it unless it was Fulham uh, you know we're, we're, they, they did the Legends Lounge for the supporters clubs which is a great opportunity uh, but normal home games it's a, it's a routine let's use yours it's a routine turn up, hopefully win, go home so, but I think, I think things are good. Things are good. We're, we can't complain. We're watching the best team in the world. Absolutely. And they're performing every single game you see them. Even, you know, like a 2-0, you know, if we want to go off track here, but De Bruyne's work rate against Brentford was incredible. So I'm, I'm quite happy to just go and watch him do that. The best midfield player in the world works his backside off. For me,
0: I'm
2: going to carry on just doing the same. Be Mark, something to learn of, about soon.
0: Mark's never gonna stop going, are you?
2: No, of course not. No. I mean, the thing is, as well, is it's a you know, we go to the game and pretty much go pay our season ticket, yeah. So that's not cheap as chips. We pay our season ticket, and you know, I go maybe for a couple of drinks before or after, sometimes not every, but you're right. We pretty much go to the game, enjoy the game, come on. Now, as somebody who's a match day member who maybe comes three times a year partly because they live in somewhere else or they can't afford a season ticket or can't commit the time. You know, you've got to be able to commit the time to it. They might come, they might buy something in the club shop, they might buy a programme. It's a bit more of a day out. And United worked this out long ago, that they can get more per fan visit out of a day tripper than they ever do out of a season ticket holder. So what we need to do as supporters is keep the club focused so that the balance is right. I have absolutely no problem with some young guy who's lived somewhere else, who's decided to spot City instead of that lot down the road. I love the fact that choosing us, not them. I have no problem with him coming two or three times a season, paying for his match day and all that. We just need to keep the balance right. And I think the club, it, it's only my opinion, but I think the club took their eye off the ball with the season card holders in the last year, Real, knowing that we're just going to always buy our season tickets and turn up. And yes. they just need to appreciate us a little bit more. And I've, I've actually said this to them. I said, you do a great job. And I have, we have no problem with growing this match day membership. Why, why not? They're, they're almost like mini season ticket holders, aren't they, But when they pay that money. So that's a fantastic thing to do. But prioritising them too much over season card holders, some of whom have gone for a long time, but all of whom buy a season ticket without knowing when any of the fixtures are going to be, we don't know who we're playing on Christmas Day, we don't know, you know, we we invest that money, I don't want to use the word blind, without knowing, we we use, we pay that money without knowing, and then turn up to all these matches, and go on cup schemes, so we just needed a little bit more love for the season card holders, and I've told the club that, and I think they've listened, but there's nothing wrong with what they are doing with the fans who are not season card holders, I think it's brilliant, and they should, I'm glad they're thinking about it, and not just Uh, expect it to happen growing the fan base is great and I actually think the people who were involved in the club in like the late uh, 90s saved the club and that's why we've got such a fantastic club and fantastic team now
0: I'll wholeheartedly agree with you Mark apart from one thing we do know who we're going to play on Christmas Day Nobody, because they're never a fixture on Christmas Day. Well, we
2: used to play on Christmas Day. I'm old school. We used to play Christmas Day on boxing. It say Christmas Day. I
0: meant Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah, you did. Amy, anything you want to add before we uh, we say goodbye
2: for the go week? On Christmas Day,
3: me. <laughs> get rid of half and half scarves. I agree. The
2: yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. I see someone with an half, especially if it's a United one, and a city one. <laughs> I will take a lighter to your scarf. <laughs> half and half I'm half, going in the bin. Yeah. that, that is that is the be-all and end all of, of this. If you're a fan wearing half and half scarf, then get out of my club. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right. Thanks to the three of you, Steve, to Mark and to Amy. Fantastic, fantastic guests and a, and a really good debate as well. Thanks very much to CharlesLewis.co.uk, Chartered Mortgage Advisors and the buyers and sellers of property commercially and privately as well. And thank you for listening. Share the podcast. Tell people about the podcast. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, Mary Varadi will be available then uh, to talk about uh, the banana craze, the inflatables uh, craze, and hopefully talking about a good first leg win at Sporting Lisbon and a good victory against Spurs on Saturday evening next week. So thanks very much for listening. Thanks to everybody who's contributed. I remember one thing, if you remember only one thing, it's great being a blue.